is our hope. He is our faith. He is our surety. Amen. How many love him this morning? Say, I'm identified with Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can point to all the bad things that's happening in the world, but what about what's happening in our midst? Thank God for a baptism. Thank God for dealing with Brother Paul. Thank God for his deliverances. Thank God that we're here this morning. We just want to honor the Lord. We've got an adversary, that's for sure, but we've also got the Lord. Let's turn this morning, Philippians chapter 2. Thank you to the musicians. God bless you. On Wednesday night, I had some trouble with the microphone, and they realized that the, the uh, song leader had the minister's mic on, and the minister had the song leader's mic on. And one of the brothers came and said, Brother Ed, you really want a singing position, don't you? And I said, I <laughs> covet the best gifts, right? Um, any rate, we're good this morning. We all are staying in our lane. How's that sound? We're going to read from Philippians chapter 2. I will start the reading right from the beginning of the verse. Those of you that will remember our convention meetings, and I thank God for the word that he dropped in. I thank God for his spirit, for his anointing. And I, we can't live from convention to convention, but we can live with the Word of God that He's planted in our heart and that same God. But the first service we had, Brother Nathan Erickson, he spoke on thought it not robbery, and he used this scripture. I'm not going to speak the same service, but I want to just take this scripture. Verse 1, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ... If any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves." Now, Paul is giving this admonition to the church, and it's to us also. It says in verse 4, Look not every mind, every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And then he brings it to this part, and he's using Jesus Christ as our example. And there's a, there's a real balance and, and, and in all of this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. This morning, you can say, because we're living in a time when this is being made manifest, John 14, at that day, you shall know I am in the Father, the Father in me, and I in you, and you in me. That's the day we're living in. So we, we ought to say, if, if, if Jesus Christ paid the price for me, then I, I, and, and he's become sin for me, I can be the righteousness of God. So we don't need to go on grieving. We, we, we can say, thank God for that. Let me live and walk in that. Now I want to just, Read the second part, because verses 5 and 6 talk about, um, about the, uh, the, the mindset. But in verse 7, 
This is the vessel. But he made himself of no reputation. And he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Amen. God bless his word. You may have your seats. Keep your Bible open there if you will. So there's a balance here, and we want to be able to take that by God's grace this morning. Verse 9, it would say of Jesus Christ, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So this is, this is what happened. He submitted himself uh, to the word of God. In the message, Perfect Faith, Brother Branham would say, Jesus believed the word that was written of him. That's perfect faith. We need to believe the word that is written of us. That is perfect faith. So when he did all of these things, he was exalted and uh, in, in that every tongue should confess, in verse, verse 11, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Verse 12, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Amen. God bless his word. I'll ask you also maybe just to turn, just reading that last scripture, I want to just read also Second Peter 1 verse 19. You don't get to it, you can just put it up, Brother Mark. We also, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Now, the prophet would tell us that, uh, that before daylight uh, before the daylight comes, the darkness pre compresses, he uses the word, congeals itself. It becomes darker than it's ever been just before the, day, the daylight breaks. And that's because the daylight is actually pressing the darkness. And we need to recognize we're not governed by the darkness, but the darkness, the groaning that is around us, the earth that is trembling, it's because it's groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. 
And you need to recognize we have a part in what's going on around us. We are the wheel in the middle of the wheel. We are the very focus of God in this end time. Now you need to believe these things and, and, and not view ourselves as secondary, but we need to say, if he became sin for me, then I might become the righteousness of God. I want to take this, let's just read one more scripture, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We'll read from verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are, sometimes this is misinterpreted, to them that are called according to his purpose. But the Bible says, the called. In other words, it's predestinated. It's not just a casual call. But there's a group of people that God has predestinated. The called. Brother Len, you, you, you mentioned this to me years ago and it never left me. But it's the called. The called according, it says, to the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now, wherever we are in that process, just identify yourself in that process. Just say, something has caught me, and find yourself in those verses this morning. I'm, I'm going to read here, first of all, from a couple of quotations. And this is one that's very familiar to us. And I want to just use this as a little bit of a springboard. Last um, Wednesday, I took a little bit, this last Wednesday, you know, what am I, who am I known by, or how am I known by, but I want to talk this morning if I can, identifying our position in Christ. And when I say identifying, it means it's an ongoing work. It's number one, you see something, it catches you, and you begin to recognize something. And then if you recognize something, you begin to move, and once you move on it, you begin to know who you are, what you're called for, and what you're going into. Now that's a process that, that even Jesus went into. That's a process that the prophet went through. That he could declare at the end, I am not the son of Charles and Ella Branham. He began to see something greater and recognize something greater. And that, it, this is not about knowledge. This is about a reality that you take with you when you step out of bed in the morning. When you kneel in prayer and you realize my prayers are going somewhere. They're having an impact. God is hearing my prayers. And you begin to move and take steps. And footsteps is possession. We are not just cast to and fro by the winds blowing on the earth. We're not caught up by all the moral movements. They're so-called moral movements. 
We are caught up by a, we're marching to a different drum, a different beat. And it's, a, and it's contrary to the spirit of the world around us. So he will make this statement in the message, Christ the Mystery. He says, oh, if the church only knew its position. It will one day. I'm glad he put that next part in. <laughs> it will one day. <laughs> then the rapture will go when it knows what it is. Oh my, I love that. Now, we, we can take those few sentences, but you need to take them into the context of what Brother Branham says in the first part. So let me back up a little bit in the paragraph. He says, so it's Christ expressing himself in the individual. And it says, whether they're intellectual or don't know their ABCs, he says, but they know Christ. He says, now he talks about the disciples. They had to notice that they had been with Christ. And said they knowed they had been with Christ. Now he'll make this statement. The new birth is Christ, a revelation. God has revealed to you this great mystery, and that's a new birth. Now what are you going to do when you get all that group together? Why do we labor? That the last seed may come in. That we all may know our place. And he would say, now... When the revelation is perfectly in harmony, God expressing it through his word by the same actions, the same things he did, making the word manifest, oh, if the church only knew its position. That's where he got to. Now, so I, I say that we live in a great day of, of what I would call, and I, I use this a little bit on Wednesday, a great day of personal identification. You can't hardly go anywhere without flashing your identification. You know, I used to go down to the bank, and they, you know, it's all changed. I used to know the bank manager. I used to know the, the, him and his wife worked there. I used to know so-and-so. You know, and I'd always go down to that bank, but over time, they have a rotating thing. It's, it's all different, and it's different tellers. And so I, I come one day, and I was just making a larger withdrawal. I says, can I see some identification? I said, I've been here for, I've had this account for 30 years. I said, don't you know, yeah, I see that, but can I see some identification? Well, you know, you, you know if, I was, if I was unsure of who I was, I'd worry about it, but you have to show your identification. So he, he, Brother Bannon would say, you can't cash a check unless you have to identify yourself. You know, it's, it's always funny, we were, we were just crossing the border, and you know, you cross the border and... You know, you, you always maybe get a little nervous. We, we have what's called a nexus card, which allows us to travel in, in a fast flow lane to cross the border, and it's wonderful. We've, we've avoided hours and hours of time waiting by doing that. It's been great. But along with it, there's conditions, and the conditions are you can't have this and this, and they ever catch you, they can take that card away. So whenever we come, my wife gets nervous. Do we have any extra fruit? Do we have this? Do we have anything we're not supposed to have? You know, because we don't want it to go, and you just... Sometimes you just flash the card, go through. Other times, open your trunk, check this, check that, check. And you get nervous. But you know what? I know who I am. I know where I come from. 
I, I know exactly where I'm standing. And so if anything comes up, I always can fall back on the knowledge that I have within myself. Not, not the identification that's put out there. And it's not so much what we say, it's what Christ identifies in us. I, I want to give you confidence this morning because I, I, I believe we're living in a great hour and, and we want to be able to take it. Now, Brother Branham would, would, would go on and, and say, now I, I wanted to pick up a couple of things here. Sometimes, well, let me, let me take this this way because they asked Brother Branham a question. They said, how does one know their rightful position? Now, that's a good question. How does one know their rightful position? And so he, he, he would come and say, and I'm trying to find the right place here. I'm, I'm jumping ahead in, in saying this, but I, I just thought of it as I was coming to it. And Okay, so he says, it's identified to you by your nature and your place. So he says, now, how does one know their rightful position in the body of Christ? Now, what position, what in Christ, what part of Christ do I play? Your position, he says, in Christ is revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. So your mother can't give it to you. Your father can't give it to you. The pastor can't give it to you. Your name on the church directory doesn't give it to you. It's revealed by Christ in you. And he says, then if you want to know whether it's the Holy Spirit, find out if he blesses what you're doing. Someone said to me long, not long ago, the Lord called me to preach. Well, then preach. He said, now Satan can get somebody to act like that and then deceive them, which is what he wants to do. And he says, Someone may have a gift of speaking in tongues and interpretation. Someone has a gift of divine healing, different things, but sometimes they're mistaken in these things, and sometimes they think they haven't got it when they have, so it's very tricky. Now, there, there was a, a part of this where a sister had come to Brother Branham and had actually asked him about her position and, and she was just saying, and it was Sister Florence Shikarian. And she says, Brother Branham, I fast and fast and fast, and still I can't cast out devils. And then I said, you weren't born to do such. Your duty is fast. The Holy Spirit is working on somebody else out there. For that, you don't know the place. If we had time, I'd teach in these long meetings how that one person is burdened for something over here. You don't know, and it's not for you to know, but it's him doing it. You're just submissive to the call, and it lines up with the Scripture. He'll talk about Moses was criticized by Dathan and Korah. They said, Moses, you are trying to take too much upon yourself. And, and God, and what they didn't realize is Moses was just following what God said to do. And when they started to pick on Moses that way, they were coming against God. So as I said this morning, we're staying in our lane, right? <laughs> we want to be the best at what God has made us. 
<coughs> I'm jumping ahead a little bit. I'm just trying to maybe go move a little bit into the part that, that I believe that, that God would have for us. Now, I want to take this with, with respect to Jesus Christ, and this is out of the message, Perfect Faith. Brother Branham would say, Jesus had faith with his power. I can't do nothing myself. Now, I, I, we touched on this on Wednesday, but Jesus, when he came and he says, look at me, look at what I'm doing, he says, no, it's not me, it's the Father in me which is working. And I, I, I feel like sometimes we get into such a, a realm where we think we have to work up and do something. Actually, we just need to yield and allow God to work through us. Sometimes we get all kinds of pressure and worked up. I have to live to this standard. I have to achieve this. I, I have to meet the expectation of my mother or my father or the church. No, you just have to lean on God. Let God deal with you and bring you to what you want, what you ought to be. Now, he would say Jesus himself when he came... He said, he had faith with his power. I can do nothing in myself. He relied upon what he was. He, he relied in knowing that he was the word, the word, and he had faith in God who made him the word. He was God, the word. It was in him. And that gave him faith because he understood his position. He knowed what he was because the scripture said he was this. And every scripture was tied to prove that he was exactly what the scripture said he would be. Then Brother Branham would say, now, if Jesus had faith in his position and it manifest in his life, how then ought we not to have faith in our position? He hath made us sons and daughters. We didn't exalt ourselves. Who, who were we before he called us? Who, were, who was I? And, and if you ever get too lifted up, just, just remember what you were and what you are now. And, and just think, what did you do with that? No, he called me. When I was unlovable, he loved me. When I, when I was filthy and in the, in the muck of the world, he reached out his grace to me. When grace was projected... Then, no, when, when love was projected, then sovereign grace took over. When he began to express his love to you, you couldn't help but reach back to him. What was it? You or that little seed inside of you. When the Holy Spirit would come and, and, and begin to flash that light over you, you couldn't help but follow. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring a principle here. Because when they ask Brother Branham, how do you know your rightful position? He actually brings it a little further, and he talks about the ministry. And he says, for instance, he'll talk about, I, I, when I look at the ministry, I look at the nature of a man. You see a man that's running here, running there. He says, that man will never make a good shepherd. That man, if, if he's just, you know, over there, maybe an evangelist, but by nature, he's saying he needs to be steady, he needs to be stable, that's the nature identifies the calling. You, you say you're a teacher. Well, how does it come across? Is it bring clarity at the end or does it bring questions at the end? 
So everything in its order, now I'm talking just the ministry, but also for each of us. Sometimes we think, I've got to live up to this expectation. And what we do is we use our brains, and our brains, instead of following what God has placed in our heart. I'm always reminded of the, of the salmon and the fish that are in the ocean. You know, they, they, they start a journey in the streams, and they go out into the ocean, and they travel for three and a half years, and then they feel a call to go back home, and they travel in these large schools, and as they're traveling, inexplicably, one feels a pull at a certain junction, a certain stream, a certain river that it was born in to go back that way. All the rest keep going. Now, if you're looking at the school around you and you're looking at, 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 at all the people around you, you'd say, well, I, I'm nervous. I, I should be going this way. But you've got to follow the inside part of what God is leading you to. I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to come to some things, so just I, I'm trying to find that channel. So it's the inside. It's not the five senses. See, taste, feel. Smell here. It's, it's not those. It's the sixth sense. It's the, the sense of faith that, that when everybody else is going a certain way at a certain time, no, I feel the call to go aside and pray. I feel the need to, to, to set myself aside and, and be in the Word a little bit. Or I feel the need to, to go and visit someone. God has set in the body as it has pleased Him. Oh, am I so thankful for that. Now, let's just take, um, if I can, I want to go to John chapter 19 with me, if you will. This may not seem like it relates, but... I know this isn't the convention, and this isn't the rah-rah, but it's designed not to be that, actually. Because you can't just go from special meeting to special meeting, live up there, live up there, and drop down here. It actually all has to tie together. It all has to work together. Is that, is that, is that good? I need that. We all need that. John chapter 19. So... This is, if, if I would just read a little bit to give you context, Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put it on a purple robe, and they said, Hail, King of the Jews, and they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and said to them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that you may know I find no fault in him. Now, Pilate had a conviction and the conviction, and, and remember, it was his wife that also said, don't do anything to this man. I, I had a dream last night, and he's a righteous man. So that's, that's ringing in the background of his ears, what was happening at the breakfast table that morning, and, and what was being said. And he's, he's going out, but I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said, behold the man. And when the chief priests, therefore, and the officers saw him, they cried out, 
crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, take you him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. And the Jews answered him, we have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the son of God. Now when Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid. Now just stop there for a minute. So Pilate had a conviction, but the masses swayed that conviction. I, I'm, I'm going to come to this a little bit. It says, we're going to need a focus of who I am in this world, among whom you shine as lights in a dark world. We need to recognize there's a light around us, and we need to walk by that light and live by that light and ignore a lot of things that are around us. I mean, we, they're going to ask us one day on the other side, how did you make it through Laodicea? When everywhere you would go in the electronic age, you had to have a digital footprint. But part of that digital footprint is that every device was designed to capture you, to take you, to get you to waste time on it. How many times have you opened to, to do an email? Oh, there's a new notification. And the new notification takes you over there and takes you over there. And you're thinking, now what did I want? I found a little app here the other day, and it's a simplified app, and it just says, you put on the ones you want, when you want. And I thought, I need to reduce my digital world, because it's just increasing, 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 and I find it takes away from what I really need. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to help us. And, 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 and you're going to have influences around you and they're going to be there till the day the rapture comes. Don't look for some situation that will push them away from you. You need to determine, I am a child of God. I'm going to walk with God in this present world. I'm not going to allow all the background noise to affect who I am. Now... The Jews answered and said, we have a law, and by our law he ought to die. He made himself the son of God. Now, that began to be an issue for Pilate too. This guy, because he knew well he was a Roman citizen, he knew what the kingdom was, this guy's exalting himself to be something. Having this mind in you, Jesus had this mind. To, that he was in the form of God, he was equal with God, he thought it not to be robbery. But here is the expression of that. He didn't come in there waving flags. I'm a son of God, back off. I am the son of God. He just humbled himself. He was a servant. He didn't boast. He didn't, he didn't go out and say, I am such and such. No, he conducted himself as a son of the king, we conduct ourselves as sons and daughters of the king. He was the king. Let me read now. Verse 8. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and he went into the judgment hall. Now, imagine this scene. He's in the judgment hall. And now, the, the, the crowd is outside... They're out there yelling, crucify, crucify, crucify. And he shuts the door and he goes, I'm sure the sounds were resonating from the outside. But he comes into the judgment hall and he's standing there. And here he, 
Pilate says, and he says unto him, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. And then said Pilate to him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Now Pilate was asserting his position in front of, now he was asserting an earthly position, but Jesus knew who he was. He knew where he came from. He knew where he was going. And whatever this was, this was earthly. This was temporal. This was, on a, this was not just a flesh and blood affair. And he begins to speak. And really, he could have been crucified for these words. He says, and he was in the end, you could say, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee, from above. Now think about this. I, I love how Brother Ray Erickson touched on this. There was four winds that held back the judgment angels. Why? Until the servants of God were sealed. So they can do nothing until we get to our place. And we need to see that. We need to say, don't fear. No matter what you see, there is an angel guard around us. There's a God that is with us. He's with the teenager. He's with the housewife. He's with the father that's at work. God is watching over his elect. He will lose none of them. We need to have this confidence. The same God... Jesus, even himself, he could have called 10,000 angels. But he chose to die because as he was coming on the cross, he would look down through time and he would catch a vision, maybe right to where you're at today. And he says, if I do this today, I'm making a way for them in the age that they live in. Friends, God has got everything in his control. Now, I want to just read this. You would have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that hath delivered me unto you has the greater sin. And they would actually cry out, let his blood be upon us. And it was. And here, from verse 12, and from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out. He sought to release him. He still wanted to make a way. But the Jews cried out, If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Oh my. He, they knew right where to hit him. Listen, they were anointed by evil spirits. Whosoever make himself a king speaketh against Caesar. I won't read the rest of it. You can, you can read it. But the point here is, Friends, we're going to have to shut out the outside noise. We're going to have to know where we're standing. Let me, let me read a couple of things Brother Branham would say. And, and these have to do a little bit with our inside walk, our inside life. And he says, we're in the last days. We're in the last hours of the days. Do you see him now in his word and all his word being made manifest Right here before us, 
O church of the living God, get to your feet. Believe him with all that's in you. Hold to that little wheel in the middle of the wheel. I, I, I want to just say this honestly. I get up some mornings and the enemy is just bombarding. And I think he's bombarding me. What about you? What about our, our children? What, a, what, what, a, what are they facing? Friends, we need, to, we need to do everything we can to encourage one another. We need to do everything we can to add, to supply to the body of Christ. We don't need to tear down. Oh, no, let, let, the enemy's doing plenty of that. Don't be the vessel that he's using. But you do everything you can to add, to help, to supply. The body needs to come together. If the church knows their position, stay in our lanes. Let's, let's buckle up a little tighter. Let's just say we're moving forward. And, and we're going to find we need one another. We need one another more than we've ever needed before. I thank God for people that will pray. Brother Brandon would say it. I, 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 he held little pieces of paper in his jacket. People that said they were praying. He said, oh, those make all the difference when I'm on the mission field. I thank God that he set some in this church to pray. We've all been called to pray. But there's some that are gifted just to pray. And I say they're necessary. And I say, I, I, I need to pray more. And I, I want to give myself to that more. You know, you, you, can, you, can, you can take, they, they say that one nuclear bomb sent from Russia when it actually comes. And I, I love the fact that he says, before a bomb ever flies, the bride will be taken away. <laughs> but one of those, they fly... And when they come, they're going to make a 900-mile crater. Now think about that for a moment. So last week we see disasters and wildfires and places that never had them before, Hawaii and different places. And it just comes unawares. Now I'm, I'm saying that for a reason. Brother Branham would say, greater than any atomic power is a believer on his knees in prayer. Greater! If we could recognize that, when we get down and pray, but the devil will come the minute you pray, and he'll bombard you with thoughts. You, you really aren't being heard. You, you've done all this wrong. You, you got this to go to. You got that to go. But if you can take, and I'll say this, dedicate a few more minutes in prayer, what kind of an effect will it have on where we're going forward? That's why I played part of a tape on, 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 on Wednesday as well. Because when you're listening to a tape, you're not just listening to words. You're under an atmosphere that is ministering beyond your brain. It's ministering to your heart. When you come in the company of the believers, there is God there. He's speaking to you. He, and when you fellowship around the word, something's happening. Oh, it's far greater than what we see on the surface. It's, it's far, far greater than that. This sixth sense is, is way greater. He'll say, hold to that wheel in the middle of the wheel. Let it stabilize every move and every motion that you make. 
Every thought that you have, oh my, tearing down strongholds, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5. I read it, come back to it often. Tearing down strongholds, thoughts that the enemy has worked on your mind for years. Oh, I've always had this problem. I've always had this thing. Start thinking differently. I am not a slave to the enemy's thoughts that he plants in. I'm not a slave to my history. I'm not a slave to whatever my weaknesses are. They're all good. I, we all have weaknesses. But I, Christ in me is greater than all of those things. Let it stabilize every move, every thought you have. May it be controlled by this tower inside of you because God is setting right in his word in this hour, this evening light showing the light. Oh, let, it, let that thinking be in you. We have to go beyond the slave mentality, friends. Christ has delivered us from that. We need to go a step higher. Listen, I, let me make it this way as an example. Every divine promise is yours if you'll allow God to make it real to your heart. I'm married. My wife and I have a bank account together. And let's say it's an unlimited account. Unlimited. Anything you can do. And she comes home one evening. She says, honey, I, I hate to tell you this, but I bought a $3 million house today. It's just a story, hon. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> I did that. And I would say, what have you done? No, it was purchased. It's already unlimited. Every promise Christ has purchased for us. We don't have to beg and say, oh, can I have it? No, you can have it. Let God minister that to you. Let him bring you to that place. Sometimes we don't have the character, but everything you desire, everything he puts in your heart, start moving towards it. Don't leave it on the background. we got to move into our position. And how do we move? We move not by intellect, but by something inside of us. Sisters that are, are mothers, and you think, well, I'm ill-equipped to raise children, or maybe I, I, I don't know how I can handle this, and, and, and sometimes in a home, how can we handle our children in this time and in this age? Listen, I, I, I give credit, you know, how my wife handled the situation when we were raising children it overwhelmed her. She said, I, I can't homeschool. I can't do these things. She said, it's beyond me. I can't teach them what they teach them in school. But she still put them in school, but she was there every step of the way. She was, met them in the morning when we dropped them off. She was there at lunch. She was there in the evening. She talked with them. She found out what was going on in the school. She volunteered at the school. She did that by her heart as a mother. It wasn't what... The protocol, no, you only can do it this way. She would have loved to take him to a Christian school. Would have loved to have this. But you just follow what's inside of you. As, as a mother, you follow, you do the motherly instincts and you're doing those things. As a father, you just say, I, I don't have the means, Lord, to make it in, in this end time. But I'm here for my family. And Lord, you promised. And just start walking in that. And as you walk in that, God will make a way for that. 
What do we do? We follow what's, what's inside of us by the spirit that's inside of us. Go with me for a moment to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Are you with me today? I will not keep you long this morning. I just, I just have some things that I feel are in my heart. There's, there's other things, but I want to leave some of them for another time. I want to just emphasize a few things. Ephesians chapter 1, if we can take this, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. They're, they're there. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I, 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 I just, just, let's just stop there. He didn't call Rahab to be Rahab the harlot. He called her to be the wife of Salmon. He called her to be a part in the economy of Israel. He didn't put you in your home just to have you as a secondary figure. You are there as a child of God. Friends, if the message goes on another 20 years, I may not be here. If it goes on 10 years, I may not be here. Who knows? But there'll be a people that will be here. There'll be young men. There'll be young sisters that will fulfill the part that God has said. There'll be somebody else that will rise up and be a pillar in a church. There will be someone. How did, you, you can ask some of these brothers. I, Brother Mark, just thinking about your family, we were talking Brother Wayne there yesterday and just said how much we'd look up. Brother Jake, how much we look to Brother Walter Kesser. How much I lean, Brother Mark, you're sitting right about the place your Uncle Lawrence sat in. How much I leaned on him. He didn't, didn't come up and sing and maybe prayed once in a while, but he was there service after service. And he stood in his position. And it was a strength to me. Whether I was up here, I would lean over and just pull on that. Whether I was down there and I'd look over across at him. Oh, thank God, the message lives. It's in a man. It's in a sister. Friends, the message is not tapes and books. It's got to come into us. He said, according as he has chosen us in him. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. I, I'm trying to save some of this for another service. But there are three works of grace. Justification is a work of grace. It's actually... We, we, you know, justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost, they're all a work of grace. It's all God who is leading us through those things. You didn't justify yourself. You just took it by faith. He expressed his love. He called me. I can't help but respond. And when I responded, I couldn't help but allow myself to be cleaned up. I couldn't help but put off habits and put off past wrongs and, and allow the word to dwell in me. 
And I, I couldn't make myself have the Holy Ghost, but I yield myself. Friends, I, I'm just going to say, if God has started this process, if you're a young person and you're looking for the Holy Ghost, He wants to give it more to you than you want to give it to yourself. You don't need to... You just set yourself to God. You stay before God. Lord, I desire the baptism. I want that seal of God in my life. And, 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 and it won't necessarily be maybe at a convention. It might be in your seat. It might be in a service. It might be wherever. But if you're in that process, recognize that you're already a candidate because God is moving you. The step Brother John is going to be taking just to be rebaptized, it's part of what God is doing for him. Walk through that door. Go a little further. Keep walking. What are we doing? We're identifying our position. The last part of it is the adoption. Sometimes we get the idea, as long as I follow the rules, as long as I've been baptized, as long as I'm not doing sinful things, drinking, smoking. Okay, that's good. And, and as long as I got the, what, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and, and, and the identification, even for Brother Branham grew, I thought it was love. I thought it was this. I, I thought it was this. And then he says, but really, it's when you see yourself saying amen to every word of God. Not robotically, mechanically, but from your heart. Those things, they were all of God. And you think, that's all I've got to do. I'm there. And we just sit back. No, actually, we're being prepared for eternity. God is working on our character. He's molding us to come and sit in the throne with him. He's actually molding us by how we act to, to our, not only our brothers and sisters, but people in the world. How, how we, you know, you can actually be an influence not everybody we're called to be around will be bride. But there'll be a people that will be left on the earth after the bride is gone and they might remember how you lived your life. And just like Moses, or sorry, just like Noah, when he saw that Enoch was gone, he prepared an ark. There'll be people that will give their lives maybe because of how you lived around them. And we think it's all, oh, it's, don't, let's not be a cult. Let's not just make it about this church and how I act. Everywhere we walk, everywhere we go, I know I'm a son of God. I'm going to walk, I'm going to conduct myself. My business, I'm going to conduct myself. How I talk to people, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to try and do everything right. And I'm going to be a help and I'm going to be a blessing. Because I am the son of God. I am the light in a dark world. Not because of me, but because of what God put in me. i got to move on here. Brother Branham would say, the greatest stumbling block that the world has is a man that professes to be a Christian then lives something different. It's worse than anything the world can produce. Don't jump no higher than you live. Sometimes, oh, we're in the third pull. We're in this church. We went to this meeting. We went there. Oh, no, let that which I've heard live in me. And 
come out in me and let somebody else identify it in me and see that Christ in me. Let's stop making big professions. It just puts pressure on us and brings disappointment when we fail. Let's just allow him to work in my life. Let it live in me. Let it come out in me. Ephesians chapter 1, we'll just drop down to verse Verse 17, that the God of our, our, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. There's a song, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. You can look at a lot of things with your natural eyes, and it'll give you a lot of information. It'll process data. But if you can see Jesus in the midst of your life somewhere, when you recognize he's got his hand on you, you might be walking through a valley or a shadow or a dark time, but if you know he's with you, open the eyes of my... What did the saints of the dark ages have to walk through? When they, they walked, some of them, into death, they saw something. It, it says, this present world is not my home. I'm willing to give. They had an ox anointing on them. And they would follow that. They would move in that. It was something real to them. It wasn't just, uh, it wasn't just well, I'll be a martyr for God. No, this, this, this was beyond human understanding. That was an anointing. What was the anointing on the Hebrew children? Hi, even if he doesn't come, I'm walking in there. I'm not going to deny him. I'm not going to give up to him. And then the anointing that, was, was, that came through the man age, the anointing that was on Luther, and he just, ah, you know, just that German mentality, and, and just stood up and protested and didn't let anybody. It was a man anointing. Wesley operated under that. Pentecost operated under that. Yes, Pentecost, the last great move of the Reformation, operated under that. But now there came another anointing. And it's, and it's not just, I, I, I'm going to say this correctly too, and, I, and Lord willing, I'll deal with it another time. But Brother Branham would say, if you want to know your position, and, and he, would, he would even talk with his disciples, Jesus would talk with his disciples, and, you know, he, he had great signs and miracles and loaves and fishes and water turning into wine. And many people were following him. And he, and he would have miracles and raising the dead and all these things. And he would look and then finally he'd say, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. Well, he said there was too many, but there were some ordained to life. Friends, my, our, our love is not based on the signs and wonders that are around us. Oh, we like them. We, they're, they're part of what it is. But even if they're not there, I still love him. I, I, if I can't show that I've got something, and the devil, that same devil that came to Jesus, if you are the son of God, then do such and such. You don't have to cater to that. And listen, you can't work it up. You just say, I'm a believer. 
I'm walking in God. I'm going to walk God and these signs shall follow them that believe. I'm not going to try and manufacture them. I'm not going to try and prove who I am by something that follows me. No, I know who I am. And I'll walk in Him. And He will follow me. And whatever He does will be sovereign. Brother Branham would, would go on and talk in, and he would bring it in, in several messages in 1965. He actually talks first in, in God revealed it in his own words. He says, there are three musts. He says, there are three musts that you, can, you must not do. One, you must not misinterpret the word. It doesn't need a misinterpreter. And he says, the next thing is, don't put an interpretation to it that's been applied to another time. And he said, Jesus himself is the interpretation of the Bible. When when Peter stood up and he said, this is that which was spoken in the prophet Joel. He was following what Jesus said. And the spirit always comes to the word. When it came to him, it was there to manifest Joel chapter 2. Friends, we... We're not just manifesting Joel chapter 2. This is also a bride calling, a restoration back to Eden. To all that Adam lost. I I, I don't, this is actually part of another service. I don't want to come completely into this channel. Let me me just go a little further. He would talk in the message, and I'll, I'll come back to this. This is in trying to do God a service. He would actually talk about five musts. And he would say, the word, it must be in season. It must be at the time God said it would be. It must be written in the word of God. It must be in the season of God's time. And it must be by God's choosing. And, and I'll, the Lord willing, I'll, I'll come back to that. But these are things that we always want and say, Lord. For instance, I, I look at Brother Branham and I watch the message and... and and I see where God took him and how he took him in steps and how even as a man, his character went to be molded in order to get to the next step. You know, he, 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 he messed up when, when he followed uh, his wife's family and didn't go back to those Mishikawaka meetings and, and, and he lost his wife and daughter because of it. He messed up when, when he went and followed the minister's in, in going to South Africa before India. And he got a disease because of it. He messed up when, when God gave him a vision of a brown bear. And because he felt sorry for Brother Bud Southwick, he went with Brother Bud instead of following what the vision was. And then he missed it. And, and he, he's praying in the message in, in, 19, in Countdown in 1962, Forgive me, Lord. I, 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 would, I didn't want to see that old man hurt, and, but I didn't realize I was hurting you. And God was bringing him up to another level. And he was bringing to him a place where it was not going to be his humanity, his idea. It was not going to be his works, but it was God going to be using that vessel. The trials we go through, the things that God purges from us, it's so that he can come and dwell in us and show himself in us. He would move and he would make steps. 
In the message, he would talk about the outward man controlled by five senses, an inward man controlled by faith. And if faith disagrees with all the other senses, lean on faith, he says. Now he says, we are a cocklebur, and inside of us, God's making a grain of wheat. Now, we didn't come, as Jesus did, directly from our theophany to our flesh. We bypassed our theophany. But inside of us was a little seed. Inside was the stature. In that seed held everything that we would be. And that seed was, inside of that was the stature which was always ordained to be part of what God wanted us to be. And that stature, you don't see it sometimes when you look at a young man that's growing up in your home, a young girl. But if they're really there, that stature is there. And you've got to just be in a condition for that to grow. Sometimes we don't see it by the person that's on the street. Sometimes we don't see it. We, we can look and think, that guy will never make a Christian. Listen, Samuel did it. Samuel was looking for the next, pro, the next king of Israel. And he couldn't see it with his own natural eyes. God had to show him the right way. Friends, let's be, let's just say, Lord, you know what's inside. I don't know what's inside. I also don't know what's inside me. I don't know what's inside my brother or my sister. Let's not put anybody in a box. Let's say, Lord, let it keep growing and becoming what it ought to be. He says, how many people out there, he says, some drunk woman or uh, somebody in a bar room or something, and he says, they're in a certain image, but he says, they were really meant to be in the image of a daughter of God. There's some people sitting in our church, if we would take before and after pictures, you would think, that was him, that was her. You, you would never recognize them. Hey, if I would go back to my high school graduating class and, and, and they would look at, you know, from, from whatever it was now, 40 years ago, whatever it was, or plus 45, 40, maybe 45. He said, whatever it was, and they'd, they'd say, Ed Hammermeister became a preacher? I'm going back to the bar for another drink. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that was in me either. And I'm not going to go to the bar with you. <laughs> but God saw it. Brother John, God saw what was in you, no matter what you've gone through. Brother David, God saw something in you. Don't let the enemy take you away from that. It's always been there. Brother Bob, way back from the beginning, he saw inside of you something. We didn't see it, but thank God we're here. Beloved, now are we the sons and daughters of God. It does not appear what we shall be, but when he shall appear, we shall see him. We shall know him as he is. Go with me to 1 John. Oh, sorry. i got to finish Ephesians here. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, and he raised him from the dead and sit him at his own right hand in heavenly places. 
Let me finish reading. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, we'll just go right into chapter 2 because I want to read a little bit here. And you hath he quickened. The minute something called on you, it quickened you. It brought you to a, a church service. That was the quickening power. That was it moving already. How many remembers the story of Brother Branham talking about a man? He wanted to be saved. He wanted to know if he could be saved. And he said he went to Billy Graham's meetings. He went to Oral Roberts' meetings. And it all started when he was a salesman and he pulled out a little piece of paper and the little piece of paper said, where will you spend eternity? And he started thinking. So he went to this meetings and they couldn't help him. And he went to that meeting and they couldn't help him. And finally he came to Brother Branham's meetings and he came to Brother Branham and he says, I need to know if I can be saved, if I can have the Holy Ghost. He says, that God, I'm his child. And he says, I see you. The minute you picked up that piece of paper, he was already walking with you. I want to just encourage you this morning. The minute you came to this service today, he was walking with you. The minute you came and you said amen, he was there with you. Don't let the devil cloud us. We are the sons of God. We are led by the Spirit of God. We know we are his. But all hell is against this revelation. What revelation? Christ in you, the hope of glory. All hell, it, it bombards your mind. It tells you that you don't have this, you don't have that. No, you have everything you need within yourself. Oh, you gotta go to a certain meeting. You gotta be under a certain meeting. No, you have it all when you have him. When you kneel in prayer, you're not going through any minister. You're not in an audience of people, but you're talking directly with the King of Kings, and He is listening to you. That's the greatest place. When you put on a tape and you hear that voice, that's God's voice to you to quicken you. The three temptations in the Garden of Eden. Satan comes to Eve and he tells her the three temptations that were in the Garden of Eden, Jesus faced, we are facing. But in the Garden of Eden, the devil comes to Eve and he says, now, if you will accept this revelation that I'm giving you, you will be like God's. You will know everything. You know what? She was already a God. She was under Adam. She had everything. He was God of this earth. But he was trying to tempt her into taking it his way. Friends, if you go through all the message, it is Christ personally to you. Don't accept nothing less. Don't accept 
just being in a service with someone. And I'm saying there's nothing wrong with that. We need that. Thank God he gives us helps. But at the end of the day, when you come up there, you're going to be looking at the one that saved you. The one that was in your brother. The one that was in the meeting. The one that led you. That's the one you want to come in contact with. That's the one you want to be identified with. You hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Where in the time past... You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Because we had that spirit in us, and we weren't born again, we found ourselves walking into places. Even, even though we were born in a message home and we went to a message church, Brother Ray, way back whenever we were there, but because we didn't have that spirit, we found ourselves being pulled by the world. We found ourselves being dragged certain things. What was pulling us? The spirit of disobedience. And it says, you walked according to the course of the world, to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we all had our conversation in time past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That was us. Cuckleburs. But inside, there was a little wheat seed. Oh, yeah. We still are in a cucklebur nature sometimes, but that seed is coming to life. It's growing inside. Friends, you, you, you can take it and you can see, if the more I give myself to that, the better I'm able to walk with him. Sometimes the devil comes in a way, I'll never overcome this. And he'll make it so big. And all I can just say is, take a step towards him. Just find yourself, maybe even, you know, in this nervous tension, anxiety of the age. It's hard just to stop in the morning and read your Bible. But I find if I just make that time, I got to get up at 7 because I got to be somewhere at 7.15, set your alarm for 6.45. I'm getting up at 6.45 and I'm going to kneel and just speak with the Lord. And then I'm going to read something. And you watch what that does to your daily walk. Reduce your digital footprint. Reduce these, these, the outside noise. It's going to be there till the rapture comes. But that which is inside us is greater than all the outside noise. And it says, we were by nature the children of wrath. So if that was our past life, how do we serve God? By a nature change. Verse 4, but God, oh I love that, but God. <laughs> Oh, the devil had it all written. But God. <laughs> the devil had a trap set for me. And I was all the way, I just about would have But God. <laughs> he intercepted me. But God. But God who is rich in mercy. 
For his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together. And with Christ, by grace you are saved. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in a church pew. Let's look beyond that. And has made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When I kneel, it's not just me kneeling. When my prayer, it's the Spirit of God in me. When my prayers goes, it's stronger than any atomic power. When I read the Word, when I take steps, the kingdom of en the enemy has to move. Oh, he'll just say boo to you. He'll make himself so big. You know what you need to do is just take a little pin with you. Take a little pin and burst his balloon once in a while. Go pop. Let me let the air out of those sails, devil. You're going to face him. I'm going to face him. He's going to tell you it doesn't matter. Don't hold to it. You know, Abraham believed God. And he held to it even when circumstances said no. And he just kept walking. I don't want to be up there with a testimony. You know, what did you encounter in Laodicea? Well, we had a couple of services where the air conditioning broke down. And uh, we, we were hoping to have the, the, the pews upholstered and it didn't work out. We had to endure that for a bit until it came. Wait, uh, that's not a testimony I want. I want to be able to say, I walked through the middle of it by the anointing he gave me, by the Christ that lives inside of me. I, 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 I want to be a real Christian. And so often we, we, we easily regress. I, I think we have a good example in Brother Ron Spencer. If anybody would have a right to complain, if anybody would have a right to be upset, if anybody would have a right to have a pity party. But I say this, I, I've sometimes just taken that example and said, well, maybe... And I know when sometimes we talk, I know he's had a bad day. I said, if he's had a bad day, I'm going to get up and I'm going to be on his side and I'm going to also lift myself up by praying and coming against that enemy. Doesn't matter how I feel. Doesn't matter what I think. Cast down reasonings. Cast down all of those things. Greater is he. I'm in heavenly places. Let's finish. That in the ages to come, he might show to us the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. For by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Thank the Lord for that, for his gift to us. Thank him for that. Go with me to 1 John. I'll use this as my last scripture, and then we'll let you go. 1 John chapter 4. Let's go to verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. I, I didn't take all the time on, on, that I could have in Philippians about Christ. I felt some of that Brother Nathan took when he was here 
but I wanted to just bring this to our part. In this was manifest the love of God towards us that, that because God sent His only begotten Son that we might live through. And here in His love, not that we loved God, but He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, so ought we also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and His love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, and He in us, because He has given us His Spirit. Now, in, in the message stature of a perfect man. Brother Branham would talk about those seven attributes that form part of the pyramid. He said, now all of us have a natural part to all of those. We have a measure of faith. We have a measure of virtue, a measure of godliness, a measure of these things. But there's a natural part, but there's a part that God adds in. There's a part that God puts in that you can't even work out. Maybe you need a little more patience. Maybe sometimes, I just get this and this. But he says, you keep praying. You keep waiting on God. You keep allowing these things. And then one day you find yourself, well, I'm not getting all riled up anymore. I, I, I can handle it. I, I, can, I can live through this. You know, it's funny how little things can beset us and, 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 and cause us. I'm just so quick on the draw. Why did I have to say that so quickly? Or I didn't say it quickly enough, whatever it is. Why didn't I jump on that quicker? Why didn't but you know what? When you find God starting to fill that empty, that void, the part you couldn't do, oh, friends, then you know, I'm walking with him. I'm walking with him. He walks with me. I've got patience. I'm, I'm willing to, to endure that. I mean, I just, I was driving with Brother Ron and uh, Spencer, and we were talking, and just in the car, we're driving. I'm driving, and he's talking. And, you know, sometimes you get engaged. And then all of a sudden, he, start, he points ahead. And I look, oh, it's a red light. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> he goes, he says, well, I was just about pushing my foot through the floorboard, trying to stop the car. But I, I thought it'd be better if I tell you because the brake's on your side. I said, thank you. <laughs> and I, I sent him a quote back on that. And then we shared another one. You know, sometimes, and Brother Ram says, sometimes you're, we're all prone to do things our own way. And he says, but, you know, and, and, and you wonder, why did he do it like that? And why did he do that? And, you know, th little things like driving, right? They, they can be part of what, what does, there's, if some of you want, I'll send you something Brother Andrew gave me a couple of weeks back, and it'll tell you about driving, and it'll relate. Okay, now I've distracted you all. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but I, I, I thank God that we can overcome. There's parts of him Friends, I, I'm glad I, I can point back that I'm not more today just by knowledge. But there's more of God in me. I, my wife and I, can, we can say, we, we've gone some steps. We're a little bit more mature. And what is it? Don't despise what God is doing. Don't throw it out the window. Don't let the enemy take away. That's Christ in you. I'm on a journey. He's going to see you through. He's going to bring you to the end. It'll be there. I'm, I'm looking for it. Let me just finish this, and then we'll, we'll have the musicians come. He says, Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he's given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. 
Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him, and he in God. And we have, may, have known and believed that the love of God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Verse 17, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Brother Ed, how are you going to overcome when I read the newspapers and this impending war and this disaster and, and the economy, this? Just stay in him. Fall in love with him. How are we going to do it when there's, there's, there's all these different things that are happening around us, even in the framework of the message? Just stay in him. Little quote I shared as the musicians come. Little quote I shared with the brothers. Brother Branham, you see, he would say, if you want to be a real outstanding person in your church, fall in love with Jesus. And when you fall in love with Jesus, you'll fall in love with every member of your church as well. And then he goes a step further. And every member of every other church as well. Oh, wow, that's a lot bigger. We need to come to that place. We are not there yet. We got too much humanity. But I say, oh, God, give me Jesus. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. What is our identification? It's not what you say. It's not what I say. It's not what your social media status updates say. It's what God says inside of you. It's not me. It's not Ed Hammermeister. It's, it's God that dwells in him. Oh, there's a lot of Ed Hammermeister that comes out too. Yeah, I'm not immune to mistakes. Charles Spurgeon would say, you know, God, if God's looking for, for a person without mistakes, he won't have any. The only persons he can use are those that have mistakes. And we all have them. But we do that that we can be humble and that we can see Christ in us. Let's stand together. Let's sing, take this whole world but give me Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. 